That's all. I was going to say sing Misery All Alone in the moon, Moonlight, a la Memory, and I literally stopped myself. What's that from? Um, it's from this new Taylor Swift musical called Cats. Oh, interesting. So we're going to be talking about She's so about excited misery. for Cats. <laughs> <laughs> we should cover Cats when that comes out, because that's going to be Honey, a horror film. That is a horror. I can't... Anyway. I still laugh at that sometimes. Um, well... Burr, bitch, it's cold, and it's Halloween. Seamless. It's Halloween. is a horror movie podcast. <laughs> I'm Kira. I'm Cody. Well, I mean, this is fitting, because we just survived a polar vortex. Yes! You and know? I watched this movie in the depths of that polar vortex. In the center of the vortex itself. In the eye of the... In the eye of the vortex, there is misery. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Sorry, it was Weird Al my dad, so... <laughs> Um, is he Weird Al as your dad? Yeah, you know, biting lyrics and social satire. Oh my god, free me from this. Yes, I suggested we do Misery this week because uh-huh. I was like, what better time to watch a movie about being Cold. stuck in your house in the winter? True. Or, I guess we could have done Cabin Fever. I think it's summary. True. But I don't know. That's true, I've actually never seen it. But I hear it's good. I heard it's about disease. <laughs> anyway, we were stuck inside, mm-hmm. you know, on wet, this past Wednesday. Wow. It was when it was <laughs> negative, what, 40 wind chill? Yeah, like, if you went outside, you could literally die. <laughs> and, like, which is a fun premise for a horror movie. Someone needs to write that, you know? Because, yeah. like, I was like, what happens if, like, I it go outside or something? Yeah, like, if I went outside, because I was home alone, it's like, what if I went outside and go dumps the garbage and like or you're like I, I need a, I, there's a, yeah. a hot dick waiting for me. yep there's just a dick waiting in the alley you're literally the warmth of it is what's drawing you <laughs> the ah! hot dick and oh cold God. it's a warm throbbing yeah it was a tough time but here we it are was, now we made yeah. it through Zach and I watched Chicago six movies strong. in a row <laughs> oh my god I went through three uh, frozen pizzas in three days nice Zach yeah. and I did frozen pizza also my because our power went out we used the <gasps> gas oven right. that's like yeah. kind of fun though it was. I, mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. We had candles. You what? We had candles. Oh, you had candles. Yeah, yeah, cute. But yes, we survived the polar vortex, and I, I felt, I had fun watching it when it was so cold. Like, I'm bundled up inside with a blanket. I had watched it on Friday, so I was after everything had passed. Right. So, it wasn't as effective. But I'm glad you enjoyed it, <laughs> Cody. You. I'm I glad did. you had fun. But it is a treat. Yeah, you'd never seen it, right? No, I'd never seen it. I knew What'd of you it. Think? I, I knew of it. I know the premise. Obviously, I'd heard all of what was going basically going to happen. I am. I just love Kathy Bates. Oh my god, she's just effortlessly good in this. I agree. And even though it, her, it's char- very lived in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even though it's 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 extreme, it could have gone across as very comical, or it could have been. It could have been expressed in a way that looked kind of, uh, I guess, mm, problematic. Sure. Perhaps, because this character clearly has some, some issues that right. she needs to work through. The, the movie's description is she is psychotic. Yeah. Which and is a blanket term, obviously. She she just does a really good job, and it's never, just it's never, it just, it seems believable. It seems believable, her her manic yes. episodes. Yes. And I think that's what makes it so yes. scary, and her so, because she's so good. She's so committed to this character, which, and it, it helps having seen stuff she's done after that's, either more serious or more mm. grounded or more crazy mm-hmm. because then you know that this is like these are all choices she's making in misery when she was she was kind of unknown when she made this she was mostly a stage oh. actress before this which yeah. is pretty cool because then for this she wins the fucking oscar for like lead actress which is yes. amazing which she was <laughs> for the, a horror movie yeah the first was she the first woman to do that? for a horror movie yeah for 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 lead actress i think so 
Because when was Silence of the Lambs right. of the same? The next year. Next year. Huh? Yeah. You might be right. I mean, Ruth bitch. Gordon, as we know, one supporting actress. Right. Let me double check that, but I think you might be right. It is. Okay. They don't, unless, did you read that somewhere? But I, but I read an IMB, IMDb facts. I'm going to say Trivia? Right. If you're not, I'll so. figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll edit in something now. Did you hear anything? Then no, Kiro's right. <laughs> just um, that. <laughs> I don't know why. I just had to catch on. What was I... Um, it, it is very believable. It is very believable yeah. and... And even at first, it's, she's making... Uh, every time she walked into the room, she was just different. It was really yes. interesting. And when the movie starts out and she's playing sweet still, and you're like, wow, mm. what a nice savior of this author. Yeah. It's almost an old-fashioned performance. It's like a very 1940s kind of like, well, okay, you know, I'll take care of you. It's very... Um, mm-hmm. Every choice is like amped up to sweetness extreme. Mm-hmm. But you know that's either because that's how she operates is, you know, maximizing these emotions, this character, mm-hmm. or she's putting on an act and turning the dial up all the way. Yeah. Because even later when she like cycles back, because later when when she says, oh, can I read each chapter mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll add the end or whatever. And he goes, yeah, sure. And she goes, oh, oh, I'm so excited. I know. It's so like, whim- it's so whimsical. It's like a child who was just told they're going to. It's like a know. Shirley Temple moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's not even like, yeah, it's not. Ooh, yeah. There's something just odd about it. Cause she, she's grown. She's a grown lady. But we and both met like people like this. I know for a fact that mm. act like this. So it's not unbelievable. Right. And yeah. usually they have a darkness in them. And I'm, I'm speaking, you know, I'm speaking in specifics, even though I know it doesn't sounds like I'm speaking broadly, but I, I'm not going to say people I'm talking about specifically, but I know people who act like this. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, because it, it's still, you can see that she's still a functioning member of society. It's not this serial killer in plain right. sight yeah. who acts crazy. Right. I mean, yeah, she doesn't act totally sane, but you can see where she can go undetected and she does go undetected. For months, at the very least, because very when we fi- later find out that she's what? What do you? What exactly were the circumstances of the trial for the baby she was killing in the hospital? I was a little confused because was she like was she in a psych ward for a little bit and then released or what? Why is she out in society? Oh, you know what? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> because so this, I'm so this sorry. character. I was you do, actually. No, I. Well, because she says, and she even says, like, in passing, oh, I was so nervous. And that's why I forgot stuff on the witness stand in Denver. Mm -hmm, She says that, and that's the first moment of, like, mentioning anything relating to that. And it's like, wait a minute, go back a second. And she just keeps moving on. You know, she may have really gone to a psych ward and just gotten out. And they were like, oh, she's not, you know, she's no longer a threat to herself or other people. She clearly has some kind of depression because when it rains, she gets so sad. Yes. And that is happens in at least two scenes. That she gets also, raining and she gets real bummed out. Yeah. She also mentions, like, she has an ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. And sometimes my, you know, I need her safety. Like, she just also seems self-aware, like, in that same scene where, she, uh, where she's talking about the, the couch I mentioned, the trial in Denver. She says, oh, I have to uh, say things right away or I forget them or, or something like that. She said, ironically, I can't remember it. The trial for the deaths of these infants when she was a nurse, when mm-hmm. she was a nurse, that were blamed on her and... Obviously, you're meant to infer that it's from her. Mm-hmm. The trial collapsed due to lack of evidence. How do you? Where, what are you reading? How do you know? Wikipedia, Who are you? Wikipedia. Oh. I don't know. Maybe it's from Stephen the movie. Maybe it's from the movie we missed it. Maybe it's in the book. I don't know. Oh, I see. Lack of evidence. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. That's that's another. Uh... So she's just <laughs> living in this town, and you know she. 
this this quiet, quiet mountain town with one police officer who's 80 years old. Literally, the police station is a ma and pa shop. That is how it is treated. But, like, ideal career. It is fun. Like, how? I would love to solve crimes with my husband. My mustached husband. Right. And you're 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 an old couple. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the movie, you know, she walks in the office and he's on the phone and she goes, oh, one phone call. Mm-hmm. Busy morning. And she's sincere. Oh. It's like, nothing is happening. It's just a nice, quiet life for them in this beautiful yeah. mountain town. Until one Until day. One rich author. One rich Plus one car. Man. Plus one snowstorm. Equals. What could go wrong? Misery. Misery. Can we talk about the cat? The cow. Can we talk about the pig? <laughs> I'd want. I'd want what dog. if you literally thought that was a cow? Oh my god, little cow! <laughs> what if I is never learned pig? the difference? Because if you ever think about that, if someone ever told you like a cow is called a chicken over and over again, like you wouldn't know any different. So like, ooh, you know, that's like that. Picture. Um, how can I know what colors blue to you? Yeah. Because I can't see your eyes. That was slam poetry. <laughs> I couldn't see my choreography, but it was there. It was good. It was honestly motivational. Ooh, it's so... Uh, anyway, so there was, a, there was a pig named Misery. Right. She says, Misery's my sow. Very cute. Mm-hmm. There should have been a whole movie about Misery. What happened to her? What happened to her? Maybe he adopted her. I like a la Sounds of the Lambs when Catherine <gasps> Martin adopts... Prosh. I mean, that's all I could hope for. The end. Misery, episode. we should say, the movie is not named after the pig. <laughs> well, that's a shame. Or is it? I mean, maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. No one looks in the camera and goes, Misery, you know, after the books. Misery, you know, like the fake character or oh like the gosh. emotion. For yeah, all we know, it could be the pig. It could be about the pig. Stephen King, write us, let us know your intentions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's about the pig. <laughs> Spread the rumor now. This misery, yeah. About, oh, Misery, have you heard it? It's based off of a Stephen King novel. It's about this pig, pig. owned by this woman named Annie Wilkes. Pig's named Misery. Chaos ensues. Do you need to know more? And there's also a glass penguin facing due south. Due south. Also, you can tell this motherfucker, Paul Sheldon, mm-hmm. the gentleman. Yes, in James Conn. James Conn. James Clearly was, had never had to be sneaky or cheated on a test in his life. His complete lack of a, a known Oh my details. god, he's an only child. He never oh had to sneak around god, the house. Oh my god, you're right, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't yeah. know which floorboard squeaked and which didn't. Oh my god. I was like, ugh, amateur hour. How to hop over the light under your parents' door so they don't see a shadow flickering. I mean, what? <laughs> that was real. I mean, I won't get into it, yeah. but I've definitely cheated on a lot of tests and stolen some makeup in my life. But uh, <laughs> All in one day. In she had one Kira's bad day. day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought it was fascinating because obviously in a lot of media, we see a lot of portrayals of women being kind of held captive or abused sure. uh, by men. And so to kind of have the roles switched, I mean, not to generalize, but I feel like, you know, there were just things that because she's a woman and women are sometimes, maybe I'm I'm generalizing. (laughs) I was going to say, like, threw her attention to details that, you know, he was obviously intelligent, but she was just, the way that women can be very intellectual and cunning, she just was able to kind of think ahead of him. Oh, well, I mean, but no, I, 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 I don't disagree, but also it has to do with the fact that she is focusing 100% of her energy into him. Yeah. Everything in her life becomes about him. I don't even know how she makes money or how she has money. 
I'm assuming from it's, dead husband or d- divorce. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. She mentions it's a farm, but I don't, can't Sure, does she sell she stuff? And I don't know. But everything in her life is devoted to him. So she's yeah. going to notice every little thing that is different because she is in complete control. And sure. that's part of the captivity and the, you know, the um, being held captive. <laughs> Same thing. English is hard, you know? people. Let's just do a real fast plot summary if oh, you yeah. haven't seen it. Go for it. It's pretty simple. Paul Sheldon, played by James Caan, mm-hmm. uh, famous author. He, every time he goes to finish a book, he goes to this one specific cabin in very, very, very rural mountainous Colorado. And he just finished, the movie starts with him finishing a book. Mm-hmm. He puts the manuscript, the one and only copy, in his car and drives down a hill and it starts blizzarding. He drives Ooh. his car off the road. Ah. He is saved by this woman, Annie Wilkes, played by Academy Award winner Kathy Bates. Yeah. Who... Keeps him in his house, keeps him in her house, eh. nurses Clowns. him back to life, um, using her skills as a nurse in the past. Turns out also she is, according to her, and probably truthfully, his number one biggest fan. I mean, I don't think there's a doubt. I mean, she has a literal shrine to him. Yeah. The brightest spot in the house, literally, like, lighting-wise, is all his books and a photo. <laughs> Signed. Autographed. Signed and autographed. And eventually, you know, as the movie progresses, uh, Paul Sheldon starts to realize that Annie is a little bit... Well, she's a bit unpredictable uh-huh. and is starting to show, exhibit signs of being physically violent. And, and I would psychosis. Yeah. Mania, obsession. And, like, at first it seems almost, not harmless, but it seems almost like, well, you know, she doesn't really hurt him at first. She raises her voice. Right. She throws things. She also pointedly... You know, doesn't curse. She is very, oh, yeah. like, homespun, if that makes sense, you know? She's more like a quilt than a person at first. There's a lot of turtlenecks right. and plaids and, and there's a overall dresses. Right. The first thing that she criticizes Paul for, the first oh. little, even, not even outburst. Actually, it is an outburst. Oh, it becomes She long. reads the book he just finished. Yeah. And she says, you know, there's too much cursing. Right, and she's like, I just, which, I mean. I don't go down to the store and say, hey, give me an effing bag of feed. And that Christ, like, that Christing. Christing. And, like, that bitchin'. She calls him, she says bastard. I'm just bitching. That. That bitchin'. That bitchin'. <laughs> that bitchin' she hog. <laughs> she jumps on a motorcycle. Yeah. Um, it's true. Snowmobile. Sorry. So uh, he starts trying to figure out ways to get out of his room because he had realized he was locked yes, in. Yes, but he is stuck because his legs are very, very broken. That was rough. I think we'll talk about this the scene yeah, a little no, later. No, no, no. I meant the first. I was just saying the first scene. Oh, the first time you see the um, his legs, his legs and she's they like, are hey, fucked. She's like, just as good as new, and they look. Oh, they look like. Did you see that picture Jessica Simpson posted on Instagram a few weeks ago? No. Where, it went around the internet for a second. Her foot was so swollen. It's just a picture of her foot, and the caption is, "Help! What do I do?" <laughs> Let me find it. Yeah, wait, why? What was? We should absolutely post this. Why was she? <laughs> like Jessica Simpson is starring in a gender swap misery. Apparently. <laughs> oh. I'm showing Kira the photo now. Why? <laughs> Any remedies? <laughs> and someone just comments, "Oh, poor baby. <laughs> what is wrong?" Everybody's like, know. "Is she pregnant?" Is, and then is the next four pictures are her, her foot progressively getting less swollen. What is the problem? I don't know. 
I was just putting those he's, hot... He's getting, like, suction therapy. Those suction... Those hot, hot cups. Rich people are really... It says, cupping with the little hands in the air. And Tracy Ellis Ross said, oh my. And Michelle Visage said, it works. Oh my god. What a weird time. And then, okay, her planet. foot is back to normal. Thank god. People, if you're just tuning in, Jessica Simpson's foot was swollen <laughs> and now is not swollen. If in, like, the 50s, like, Ava Gardner had Instagram... I was just gonna say... Yeah, right, and it was shit like this, like Ugh, I'm feeling nauseous, and she had no oh, makeup on. Like, what was would Billie Holiday's Instagram oh, been my filled God. with? It's just snippets of. Well, yeah, I mean, probably not good things. Who knows? Or maybe it would have been for the better. <laughs> so we could have stepped in. <laughs> Please. Oh no. Jesus Christ. It's anyway. So uh, Jessica Simpson starring in Misery. Wait, wait, everyone and their mother... Wait, I mean, we're getting off track. We're getting off track. No, we're not. We're, we're on the right track. <laughs> uh, everyone and their mother was up in the part of Annie, including yes. fucking Bette Midler and, like, Barbara Streisand and Jessica Lange. Bette Midler, and I can see. me those movies. Well, now she feels bad about it. Passing it up? Yeah. You feel bad about it. I feel so bad. I'm a bad girl. <laughs> you did not like that. No, I did. I did a lot. <laughs> um, I remember reading... I read that Good. it was going to... It was going to be turned into a play before it eventually actually was. And originally it was going to be Julia Roberts as Amy Wilkes and Stephen, Stephen? Steve King. Stephen King said mm-hmm. no because she needs to be like a brawny woman who can carry him through the mountains. Yes. Which is true. Which she is picks him true. up like a fireman. And she's, again, she lives on a farm and she's able to, yeah, basically drag him through the fucking woods, get him off and out of that bed, bathe oh, yeah. him, somehow collect his shit. How do you yeah, collect I someone's didn't, shit? I thought the same thing because you, you see him peeing into one of those... um. The little containers. Yeah. But like... Where'd that poop go? Where'd it where? Kathy? Catherine B. I, I uh, just started rewatching American Horror Story. Uh-huh. The season? Coven. So you're watching American Horror Story. So watching American Horror Story. I'm watching the Coven season because it's fun. And uh, so fun. I had a lot of Kathy Bates actually. She's great. She's a national treasure. She's fun. And listen, she's not always perfect with her accents in some parts, but I think she always just does the fucking... Yeah, accents are hard. But she always does the damn thing. And in this movie, it's no different. James Cano is... He's good, but also parts of him are annoying. I think he has good... (laughs) I'm just being judgmental. I think he has good reactions to pain. They're... Mm. they're, He has to go through a lot of pain in this movie, physically. His, he's being moved around a lot, and they, they vary a lot. It's a lot of different yeah. reactions. It's not just the same screaming, mm-hmm. you know? It's, it's, there's different levels of pain. Like, you can see the pain chart, you know? In yeah. Him. yeah, yeah, If I was him, that's how I would, I would, like, mark my script. Like, this is going to be a 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the Hobbley scene also, obviously, is a 15 out of 10. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, she's, fun. she's dilated. Yeah, it's fun. It's just, it's fun. Eventually, he out. keeps trying to get yeah, escape. Yeah. She keeps preventing him from escaping. Right. She eventually breaks his ankles with a sledgehammer called yeah. hobbling to prevent him from leaving. As you do. Mm-hmm. And then the finally, sheriff comes the sheriff comes over. Yeah. Yep. And he um, eventually James Con just fights her off, and it's literally yeah. a, a battle to for his survival, and it works. And then he survives. The end. But at the end, <laughs> he sees her everywhere. Oh my god. He's in, she's in every waitress he sees serving him dessert. Serving him cake. Oh. Yeah, and even his um publishing agent is like oh, Played by I, Lauren Bacall. Oh yeah, why the the she credit wasn't busy the, that week. Oh, he did say special guest appearance. A special by appearance Bacall. by Lawrence McCall. And then this was a live, sh- a live show. Right, like, it's like the Muppet Show or something. Yeah. Oh my god, we got Lauren Bacall's here. <laughs> she just showed up. She just happened to be in town. So I silly. Love it. 
Um, also, Rob Reiner directed this, so it kind of gives a very specific uh, vibe, which I didn't expect at times. He also was on a streak here. He has one of the craziest, like, runs of movies. Rob Reiner is on a crazy streak at this period in time. He has this, like, seven movies in a row that he directed that are just incredible. Let me pull it up. Right, it's like Stand By Me, Harry Met Sally. Mm, Yeah, it's, uh, here it is. It's, um... This is Spinal Tap in 84, The Sure oh, Thing in 85, Stand By Me 86, Princess Bride 87. Those are four years in a row. Harry Met Sally in 89, Misery in 90, A Few Ooh. Good Men in 92, um, which is amazing. And then The American President in 95. Like, that's an incredible run. That's like six classics. <laughs> I haven't seen The Sure Thing. I literally but the other ones are all great. barely ate food. Pro- like, I ate a whole box of mac and cheese today. Like, what the fuck is... How dare he? Right, and he was mostly like a... a comedic actor before then, I yeah. think. Well, also his dad was Carl Reiner. So, like, you know. He did the same thing. Oh. Funny huh. Jewish man creating funny things. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, no, good for Rob Reiner. And it's well-directed. It, like, it is extremely watchable. Yeah. And on paper, something that is set in, like, one location with mostly just two characters has the potential to be kind of repetitive, I'd say. Hmm. But yeah, he true. really milks the, like, cyclical nature of, like, Tries to escape, fails to escape. Butters her up, fails it. Over and over again, and every time it's yeah. different. And that's also a testament to the novel, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Stephen King loves this movie. It's one of the yeah. few movies of his that he loves. Oh, he loves Kathy. She's great. He wrote her into books, not her, but he wrote, he wrote right. parts for her mm-hmm. in like two other books that came out after this, hoping that oh. she would get the part, and she did. There's one called like Dolores Claiborne, where she oh, plays right. the lead character. Mm-hmm. So, amazing. good. I mean, she's amazing in it. Yeah, she's so good. I'd be so proud. Oh, and she's, like, so young, and she's so cute. She's so cute. I mean, she's obviously horrifying, but she's very cute. She looks so little. Like, physically, like, small. <laughs> she like, really... Like, short. Yeah. Actually, let's look at her. Yeah. Do that. I love looking at actors' heights. I know. Because, you know, I could see her being, like, my mom's height. Like, a little But bit she also, if it was, like, you know? she's 5'11", I'd be like, okay. Yeah, I feel that. Because she is... It does appear that she could be near his height, but he could be short. Kathy Bates is five. Kathy Bates is five three, so she's little. James Khan is. Let me say five eleven. He's five nine. That's not much taller than me. So she's literally like my mom's height. She little. She's small. Oh, that makes me want to hug her and smoke a joint with her because she loves weed. She does love weed. He, we, a big component, not a big component, but his whole thing is like uh, the character Paul Sheldon. He has his. Um, he has his re- rituals, as you mentioned before, yes, when he very finishes a book. Do you have any uh, creative rituals? Like his is, uh, he smokes a, lo- a lucky strike with a match, but he lights himself. He has the one single Perignon. cigarette, because he used to smoke, right. but he only smokes now when he finishes a novel. Mm-hmm. His one bottle of Dom Perignon, which he later pronounces as Dom Perignon. Uh, and he me. goes, yes, yeah. Dom Perignon, just yeah. placating her. Like, don't, don't correct her. Don't. Just don't. Just, just please don't murder me. Um, rituals. Uh... Not really. Wow. Good content. I don't have... <laughs> no. I don't have creative rituals. I have, like, compulsions. Like, I check the oven all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just fun little things, like making sure the heat's off before I go to bed. Just anxiety um, things. Creative rituals. Let me think about it. I feel like I do. Like anything you do before you go on stage? I always go to the bathroom. Hey, <laughs> okay, honey, that's a fucking ritual. <laughs> yeah. I go at least twice. Yeah. Double check all my props. These are not, nothing crazy. I don't have anything I'm like so this. Boring. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. Do you? <laughs> we send this up for you? Oh my god. No, I imagine if I was like, well, I first murder someone no. who's wronged me and I, I wear eat their a raw blood. chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I eat a raw chicken and then I 
burp out the bones. Um, you know, it's like those cartoons. No, I mean, like, I'll, I always make sure I stretch no matter what the gig is, which looks Love it. obnoxious, I guess, to someone else. And I'll always, like, rub my solar plexus all right. as yeah. a way of being like, all right, bitch, I'm checking in. And then I, um, for some reason, I like snapping and, like, moving my fingers. Okay. I like moving that. my extra digits. Keeping the body alive! Yeah, nothing too exciting. Yeah, I don't have anything like that. I wish I did. Mine's more like making sure my fly's not down. <laughs> well, no, that's valid too. But yeah, no matter just what, anxiety is more than rituals. <laughs> yeah, no matter what, I like to just check in and be like, "This is it. You got this." So, man, yeah. that's just how I do it. I okay. just wanted to talk about me. Did it say the music? I I forgot to look this mm-hmm. up. Mark Shaman. Mark Shaman. Yep. Of her spray and Mary Poppins Returns. Speaking of Jewish people. He's another fun Jewish man. Speaking of Jews. <laughs> He's this cute little Jewish man. Gay Jewish man. Gay Jewish? Right? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I got nervous. He has always... I mean, I feel like if you contribute to Hairspray in any way, you gotta be a little gay. That's true. It's, it's, it's law. Hardy Firestein's straight. <laughs> Give me that pussy. <laughs> I love tits. Oh, those gorgeous breasts. <laughs> One time he held the door open for me. Really? Yep. Where? In New York, when I was working at Kinky Boots, which he wrote. That's so sweet. He, and he the... did not need to hold a door for you. No, <laughs> he did not. Well, I was carrying a table, so thank you. Ah! Thank you <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> he went, there you go, Mary. <laughs> did you lose your fucking mind? I immediately t- <laughs> texted my grandma because she loves him. <laughs> <laughs> I it was nice. It was a nice moment. I would have gone to gay heaven in that moment. I did. I'm dead. Uh, so I, I do love when after the crash, uh, it's kind of, we don't mm-hmm. know what's going on as the viewer cause we just see someone pick open his car yes. and grab him and, and carry then him. I think the idea of waking up from not trying, sure where you are looking up and seeing an IV and at first you're probably like, okay, I'm in a hospital, hospital. and then realizing that you're in someone's like fucking second bedroom. Guest room, yeah. Horrifying. And she says he was out for two days. No! And you know, this is at a real sweet spot in uh, our history, nation's history where, Phones are limited, uh-huh. um, and they're in Colorado, so, uh, and bitch, when there's snow, y- you just gotta wait. You got nowhere to go, yeah. When there's snow, you gotta wear it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> you gotta um, wear it going. Misery, we should say, it's called Misery. Oh, after And not, maybe after the pig, which she, <laughs> named, she named Misery, but right. she named her pig Misery after the title character of Paul Sheldon's most famous series of books. Mm-hmm. The Misery Chronicles? I don't know. Uh, it's like a Southern Belle. She's a Southern Belle. The covers yeah. look very romance novel. And he didn't want to do this. He's right. not. He's he, not. But, you know. He's he just a good way to make money and brought him fame. But he said, like he says, he wants to maybe get some awards. Yeah. Finally. Listen, he wants to get that rich white man money. Yeah. That, that friend's Which money. That David Schumer money. Yeah. yeah. He wants to go from, um, I don't know, authors. I don't know either. I was thinking about it because I was like, who would I do this for? Like, who would be my author that I would rejuvenate back to life and go crazy for? Nobody. Nobody I don't like anybody. Sorry. Are there, like, superstar authors anymore? I mean, there's, like, James Patterson. Well, I think people would... Uh, like, dads read. My dad loves him. <laughs> Someone would definitely do this shit for J.K. Rowling. I mean, that's... Sure. Without question. Yes. And I I like Harry Potter a lot. Yeah, I guess But also, like... <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I just feel like there's not... Superstar author? Maybe, I mean, maybe books are more niche now? I don't know. Well, I feel like if you are um, just the kind of soul to be that into books in this day and age, just because uh, I feel like it, not that it's hard to obtain books 
but like I just feel like we as a society are very much pushing or, or at least in the majority of places where I've been pushing towards uh, digital media sure perhaps those people who are still like yeah I'm gonna chill with books perhaps don't have the energy to do all that Kathy Bates is doing sure maybe they're just low key people I mean I'm just trying to think of people who would who could be like proxies for this character in this right. day and age Stephen King is big obviously well this is based off of mm? it's like a mixture of uh Obsessed fans. Um, oh, this idea like, of uh, Fanny, like a distillation. Yeah, like I don't know what funny this is based off of fact. I mean, I don't. He obviously was never kidnapped, uh, but no. <laughs> that's well, based off of his real life. Uh, some fans who were, I guess were a little intense. Oh well, I'd love to know more. He also, and we can get into this now. I guess he very recently said that it was written as a way for him to cope with uh, his drug addictions. I believe he had a yeah. cocaine addiction that was pretty serious for a little bit. Like I know I what what. This one, like, giant book that was written, like, completely on cocaine. Was it it? <laughs> I don't know. Something. That was a real question. He, like, famously wrote, like, one book, like, literally never sober. Or something like, I might be making oh. oh, I'd love to know. But yeah, he said that um, Annie Wilkes in this story is sort of representing, like, drugs. His right? addiction. And, like, uh, She's a personification. Right, his personification of the, like... And I kind of tried to chart it as I watched the movie. The metaphor for his drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Let me just read what I got. I wrote, like, a little chunk. So it starts out with she's so sweet and caring in the same way that maybe, you know, your reaction it's to a fun. drug might be, this is just, I feel good. I feel yeah. good on this. What's the problem? I'm in control still, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm glad that this person's in my life and they're taking care of me mm-hmm. like a drug would be. And then you see some early outbursts, like quick little moments of like, uh-oh, that's a little worrying, mm-hmm. but no, no, it's all back to normal. Don't worry. Yeah. No, I'm never. okay. Fine. It starts to uh, turn when she says the... She, the beginning of kind of her constant negative mo- moments is she says, if I die, you die. Yes. Scary. Right. Which is, then I feel like it's common. I've, I've heard from people who like get so close to drugs that it become, it seems to be part of their life. And if they remove that from their life, they won't be the same person at mm-hmm. the very least, or okay. it will like actually kill them. Right. You know? uh, A part of you will die. Right. I guess you could say. Exactly. And it, she also says, I know my line of thinking can be a little muddy, mm-hmm. which is like, you can't always rationalize, you know, your addiction, maybe. I'm I'm kind of, I'm not somebody who's ever had an addiction, thank mm-hmm. God. But I'm kind of just going off of what I've heard from people, you know, who have gone through addictions and things I've read. And I'm kind of trying to connect that to moments in this character, knowing that he wrote it as an addiction metaphor. She eventually gets so mad because she, the manuscript that he finishes at the beginning of the movie, she thinks it's just vulgar Mm -hmm. and it's not about misery at all. So she wants nothing to do with it. And she makes him burn it Mm -hmm. early on in the movie as a, you know, she's, she's forcing him to do it because she's in control and uh, it's the only copy. So. Well, she needs to free him from. Exactly. What? Something. (laughs) And, but it, it also can be seen as kind of a way of um, representing, like, an addiction taking you away from your passions in life or the people that you care about. If mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. well, you know, I know what's best, and this is best is if you don't do this anymore, if you mm-hmm. get rid of this thing, and it goes along with it. Yeah, you don't need to do this anymore. Exactly. This, up your, this other thing takes up, takes up your time now. And even at the, the very last battle they have, mm-hmm. you think there, there's a moment where he she hits her head on the typewriter. Mm-hmm. And you think she's out. It's mm-hmm. it's a hard hit. <laughs> yeah. And it, that can be that can represent like your first time going getting off the drug because then 
she has like a relapse really quickly in mm. that she immediately comes back to life seemingly right for like one final scare like they say in screen mm-hmm. and then he defeats her again and then at the end he sees her everywhere and like mm-hmm. always thinks about her which is kind of like even if you know like people say i'm an alcoholic even if they haven't drank for years you know right. you just always are an alcoholic it's just like you're, an addiction you have it's is, something you work on every day exactly exactly so seeing her everywhere like he does at the end is kind of similar to that it's mm-hmm. and not, it's not tempting him in this like it would be i imagine an addiction in a way right but it is something that he is always aware of and, you know, a little cautious of. Mm-hmm. And he even says, like, don't think I'm nuts, but Annie Wilkes, the whole experience, helped me. He says that to his agent at the end. And, you know, that's, that kind of reminds me of a lot of authors who are, like, either they write better on drugs or alcohol or claim they do or at mm-hmm. one point did. It just feels like it's a, a, an interesting rationalization of the whole situation. I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was an interesting point of view, and I never... Uh, knowing that the drug thing with Stephen King... Quincy meter pretty valid and makes sense thank you and it, it is I mean that's the thing is that it's just so debilitating and the fact that he goes through so many different attempts to try to get out and they're really unsuccessful yeah I mean he really doesn't like have to break like you know he finally gets himself out of bed and it hurts like hell and he realizes the door is locked so he now has to yeah. wait until he can figure out a way to get the door unlocked and then he realizes the door is unlocked but oh he can't wait, fit his wheelchair there, through the yeah. kitchen door yeah little and things th- there there's no phone for some reason mm-hmm. right there's a hollowed out phone it's really bizarre so strange yeah why what was that for appearances just in case he saw it from the other room i don't know yeah weird and so or she completely like gutted the phone just just for him right just in case also, and so kind of going back to what we're saying about her acting kind of like a child, even like her vernacular was different at times. Yeah. Or, you know, when she was kind of in her sweet child mode, like she would say really weird things. Like she, um, at one point, I forget, it's kind of like near the middle area of the plot when he says to her that he's in pain and he needs more of the pills. And she's, so she has to go get something. And she's like, sorry, I'm waddling away and making you feel all oogie. Yeah. Which is literally, I don't know, just something like... She has a very a distinct... A homeschool child would say. Vernacular. Yeah. She says things like... First of all, she's very anti-swearing and any vulgarity of any kind. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when he lights the manuscript on fire and the fire is a little bigger than she thought it would be, she's oh. going, oh my goodness, heavens to Betsy, even though it's <laughs> a small emergency. You know, fire is flying around your house. It's, oh it's very... It's small, but, you know, I'd be like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, exactly. At the smallest inconvenience. <laughs> And, um, you she know, calls him the dirty bird, mm-hmm. and that's to her. That's a huge insult. She does call. Uh, hold on. Let me let me check my notes here. Uh, I believe the phrase she calls him is. She says, "I'm gonna kill you, you lying cocksucker." Ooh. Right at the end. So she does curse finally in the end. Finally. You know. Let it break free, girl. Let it break free. Uh, yeah, and she, you know, she is wearing a. Um, cross around her mm-hmm. neck she even mentions to him that god spoke to her and god always was like, a good sign <laughs> always a great sign and he was like hey annie baby girl you gotta show our good friend paul the way Please. and she went oh okay. that song that came out in the late 90s of course i love that song what's that can you sing it for me the way the way Oh, uh, now I know it. Is it really? It's just, yeah, I do. Sing along, listeners. Fuck you. You know exactly what I do know. I didn't at first, though. I really did. 
Cute. How cute is her house, though, from the outside? Oh, from the outside. From the inside, cute. not cute. Yeah, yeah, very cute. It's like by itself. It's in the mountains. With that show, a porch. Fixer Upper on HGTV, they could have done yeah. wonders. Mm. It was already fixed. Oh, and a secret basement. Secret basement with a cute door. That little push, uh, push tin, boop, boop. little push magnet. But mm-hmm. it was like that. Uh, I liked it. I I thought it was an interesting choice. Characterized that she was a huge fan of Liberace. Yes. Because I think she a part of her is very because with Liberace it's very whimsical it's very dramatic mm-hmm. but you know there's something also kind of mysterious about it I don't sure. know I don't know if you had any well, thoughts on that he was I think that was just meant to be a signifier of the type of obsessive person she is because Liberace also had obsessive fans that right. were similar and I would say like demeanor and personality and like de- demographic to her mm-hmm. character a lot of um, middle aged older women. Like, wealthy women loved him. Yeah. Found him so charming and emotionally available, I imagine. They wanted to fuck him. It's weird. He did not want to fuck them. That's, I think, yeah. That's the, but also, I perhaps it's, you know, because she's this, probably she was this very sheltered religious yes. person. I mean, Liberace, for, he snuck in with that gayness, honey. He, I mean, like, so I, I really feel like, I, that's why I think it's so funny when people who, or like this character Annie did love Liberace and like his that motherfucker was gay yeah. as hell. Oh my god! And like his performances were gay as hell and they were magical and beautiful. Candelabra and so, on the piano. <laughs> yeah. Please. So it was this way of sneaking it in and like under her radar and like. But I'm sure if like you were like, oh well, fun fact, Liberace's gay. She probably would have burned all the records. Or she you would know? just deny it. Oh no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or she, yeah. of course, or she wouldn't believe you. She would probably hit you. You know, <laughs> if you told her that. But you know what I mean? Like she. What do you think those pills were that she was giving him? I don't know. Tried to drug her I assume with? some sort of. Um, it may have just actually been sleepy pain. time. Was it called? Maybe it was just pain pills. Yeah, and maybe, maybe he just maybe. figured if he gave her a lot, she would just pass out. Like it wouldn't kill her, just make her like. Well, it was like it seemed morphine adjacent because he did a lot of sleeping. Mm. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Immediately regret the noise he made. <laughs> I really love the way this was shot. I didn't fact check this, but supposedly Rob Reiner watched uh, a shit ton of Hitchcock films to get himself ready to get his mindset. So that's funny that you mentioned that like, makes sense. how it was shot. Because it does kind of, they have, how would you describe it? Well, first of all, the, the influence there makes a lot of sense because Hitchcock thrived, I think, in really claustrophobic settings mm. with really specific characters shot in close-up a lot of times. True. Especially in close-up, in reaction to something and, you know, letting micro-expressions kind of... Tell the story. Exactly. Telegraph exactly what they're thinking mm-hmm. or feeling in the moment. Like Rear Window and stuff like that. Yes. Or, did you ever see the movie Rope? No, but I I, I know it's work. I don't know what that means. Yeah, no. I, I don't know. <laughs> I fuck ropes? I don't know. Huh? <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> well, you know me. I fuck ropes. <laughs> it's set in one place, <sighs> and the movie is set in real time also. Fun. And it's very sneakily edited to make it look like it's one giant cut. Oh. So they would do it, like, they would do a take of, like, seven minutes or however long before you need to change the film in the camera. Mm-hmm. And then they would pass <laughs> the camera, like, behind somebody's back, and then they would cut, and then they would pass out again on the other side of their back. Just little things like that. I love It's like a play. I love And there's, you know, there's a skyline in the window in the back, and the, they have the fake sun, like, set in real time. It's really cool. I'm... And this reminded me of that. It's very claustrophobic. It's yeah. very, you know... It's very character-based and dialogue-heavy and mm-hmm. engrossing. He also has a movie called Lifeboat, which is set entirely on a lifeboat after a ship sinks. Stuff like that. He's really Jesus good at that. Christ. Yeah. I, you know, it's a shame because you're right. The way it is kind of written, it kind of would be, would work as a play, I feel. Because oh, it is well, character-driven. But alas. 
It was made into a play a few years ago. Starring Bruce fucking not Willis. Very good. And yes. I heard he just whispered the whole time. He also supposedly had an earpiece in that would feed him his lines if he forgot, so I he just never bothered him around his lines, which is... But then playing the part of Annie Wilkes was Laurie Metcalf, who is so talented. Oh, right, uh-huh. And she was nominated for a Tony for it, so, like, I can just picture watching the show, and she's working so hard, Bruce Willis is just giving her nothing, and she's still, like, working so hard, and just feel so bad for her. I don't feel that bad for her. She's, she has right. several awards. <laughs> no, but I, I feel you. I would I, like it's a shame because I guess it could have been really, really cool. Well, when they first announced it, I was like, "Yeah, it's you know." All right, I'll see it. It is set in one lo. It could be set in one location. Yeah. It could start with him waking up in the hospital bed. Uh-huh. You don't really need the sheriff character. Sorry. You know, it could be just yeah. set in one location, and it would be fun and spooky. And yeah. seeing that stuff on stage would be like so fun. You know, fun. Yeah. It's a shame it just wasn't apparently not that very good. Thanks, Bruce Willis. Thanks, Bruce. Wow. Anyway. Oh, anyway, God, the way it's shot. Tank top and roll around in the dirt, right out, Joe. <laughs> uh, what was that? Kira movie? loves Die Hard. Uh, yeah, I saw two seconds of it, and I was I was hooked from just that. <laughs> I'm horny yet bored. <laughs> I saw two seconds and went, "Wow, thanks." Cool. So there's a lot of shots in it in the movie um, that are shot from his point of view, like. Oh, Almost, like, a good majority, I don't know if it's the majority, but a lot of shots of Kathy Bates' character when she's the only thing in the frame mm-hmm. are shot from below, as if you right. are helpless and she is towering over you. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's not so much his point of view, though, because I, it's not her looking into his eyes, though. I would say, she, but it is from his level. Right, I think it's meant to evoke the same feeling yeah. of she's towering over you, even yeah. if she's not a domineering presence in real life because she's so little, mm-hmm. she's still looming over you you know it's um mm-hmm. oh yeah she's she spends a lot of time in the, like the center of the frame and close up mm-hmm. yeah again it's kind of evoking how it would feel to have her looking over you in any way yeah. so it, it really gives the feeling of you know imposing presence like when she Denise shows is. up when she shows up having read the latest misery novel mm-hmm. where he kills her oh kills the character misery right and she shows up in the middle of the night in the dark, and she goes, you dirty bird. The camera is, she's lit, lit right like a there. jack-o'-lantern. Ah! <laughs> it is so low, and it's horrifying. And it, yeah, I mean, it's also a testament to her performance. Yeah, oh, it's but, so yeah, good. It's and it's just, whoop, right mm-hmm. in on her face. There's a lot of close-ups and, and like, zooms in close-up. Yeah. Just to kind of, like, emphasize the point she's making. And because it really, because her mood shifts are so sharp, yeah. um, the sharpness of those, like, zooming in totally. or those really tight shots uh, just kind of... Uh, reflects that and kind of makes it even more stressful like oh ah this like completely yes, like, shatters this entire mood and like i thought we were doing well like we were being sweet to each other mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. now you're throwing a, a stool next exactly to exactly so what uh i do when she gets all worked up about the swearing and she has the soup in her hand and she spills it on him and she goes ah look what see what you made me do yeah very hmm, it's just a very specific character it's very choice. manipulative yeah. yeah she loves to hold things and throw them around <laughs> Like when she's holding the pee. thing with his pee and she keeps sloshing it, very similar to the way he's, she was sloshing the soup, but it had, this one has a lid on it, and he's kind of watching it like, uh oh, don't dump that on me. It's, it's just a little moment pee of humor. It's it's humor, but it's also like she has an unawareness and she's mm-hmm. able to concentrate all her strong emotions into one moment. So she's like, because she, she was ranting about something, I don't remember what it was, but she was completely yeah. not even thinking about the fact that she's holding his urine and gesticulating it at him because she's so wrapped up in the moment of ranting. Right. Just kind of, you know, shows where her focus goes. Telling her story, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and even even later, well, I mean, that maybe that was more so on purpose, later when he, she's telling him he needs to light the manuscript on fire and she's literally throwing kerosene on him. 
Yeah. Oh, exactly. To prove her point. Which, right. Mm, and I don't even know if that was intentional or not, or if it was just kind of meant to be like the threatening. Exactly. It's just it's spooky. Spooky. I gotta say, this is a fun movie to watch with people because you can yell at the screen easily, and I don't love um, to do that, but it's a lot of like. When he's in the kitchen Ooh. and he's not, right, run, 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 hurry, hurry, yeah. stuff like that, because it's it's edited and paced so well. Oh, um, that long driveway, he hears. Oh her my coming. god! And she's dropping keys and yeah. When she, when he's going to like when he's in the kitchen, you see the knives and you're like, get a knife, get a knife, come on, right now, get a no. knife. No, oh my god, yeah, but it's fun. But also, don't take the knife from the cutting board. Of course, she's gonna realize it's missing if it's the biggest knife, because she probably uses that the most when she's cooking. Um, I loved the kind of, not pettiness, but when she, when she brings him a typewriter and paper and he goes, ah, you know, I can't use this paper you brought me because it smudges. And to the point he like typed it out and like wrote wrote the word smudge (laughs) and smudged it out. I liked it. It was kind of low key petty to prove a point and I supported it. And also like, I don't know. I I used to love using typewriters. Mm. I don't know if you ever used typewriters back in the day. I loved them. I did not. But I liked the idea of them. (gasps) Bring them back. Write me letters. Oh, so the hobbling scene. Right. So. How fun. <laughs> basically, at this point, she's like, listen, bitch, you've gone out twice. Right. She notices because he bumped into a penguin figurine she has mm-hmm. and didn't put it back the way it was facing. And she's so. Yeah, it was her. It was you know, her. it's her nest. She's the only one that lives here. So right. she knows where everything goes. And, which, and she says, that penguin always faces due south. <laughs> bitch. Okay. Not towards the cabinet. South like the South Pole? Yeah, I Cute. guess. Yeah. Due south, bitch. And what was the, and the second time, oh, because he looked through the memory lane book, or well, the memory lane book was out, and right. her, I guess he her scrapbook. didn't put it back the way it was, so she realized he looked through that. Her scrapbook of, like, babies murders. I killed. <laughs> but also pictures of her pig <laughs> were there, too. Like, it, was it was all like, murders mur- Baby murders. Yeah, it was, like, and, things that were big to her. Oh. She had, it felt like she had a little bit of Munchausen by proxy, because oh, it okay. was like, if, if these babies are sick, they'll let me care for them. And then they died, maybe. Or, yeah, I don't know. It's like it, an angel death thing, exa- too, Exactly. If if, then it's also like a power over somebody, and you, yeah. you know, cause somebody else to mourn. Yeah. Or she's just bored, you know? Hmm. It's cold. <laughs> Resting her hand on her cheek at the hospital. She's, well, she did say she, but she was like, I mean, I'm obviously fucking around, but she right. said when she was going through her divorce, whatever, she yeah. picked up a lot of work shifts, overnight shifts to the hospital, a lot of reading of misery, and maybe a lot of baby killing, evidently. Just, uh, I don't know, take up some good patterns. I know, uh, good pattern. Take up good hobbies. Learn to crochet. Just don't kill babies. Please. Do some yeah. crosswords. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. She find, she discovers that he's been out, and she stands by his bed. Mm-hmm. She wakes up. She wait till he's, waits till he's awake to put the needle in him and put the morphine in him and knock him right back out. And it's raining when that's happening, and she looks very sad. Yes. But just so telling that she, like, waited till he mm-hmm. naturally woke up mm-hmm. to put him right back to sleep, so he knows he's in danger. Which and then he wakes funny. up, and she's holding both the bobby pin he used as a lock pick and the knife he hid under the bed. And it's just like, that's watching it was just like, you know, so fun to be like, oh, girl. Oh, bitch. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she, oh, the key. And then because he goes to reach for the knife underneath the mattress, and she goes, oh, are you looking Look for, for this? this? Ah, <laughs> bitch. Just what I'm saying. You got to right. hide under your pillow. So then she start, She talks about um, what miners would do, what diamond miners would do in, like, the African diamond mines? Does that right? Some sort of colonized mining place that people would, you know, be exploited for their labor, obviously. Right. And when somebody would try to run away... um, Or steal the diamonds. Right. They would um, hobble them, which was 
to you know break their feet so that they could still use them for slave labor but not let they wouldn't run away yeah baby it's horrifying so she takes a block of wood she puts it between his um right above his ankles and takes a sledgehammer and just swings and just knocks his foot in and you see his foot get knocked and it's horrifying. I remember watching this in high school and like we were all like you know like edgy 15 year olds. We kept rewinding yes. it and watching it over and over oh, again. Yeah. That was um they said that was what a uh, prosthetic with wires in it so that when she hit it with a sledgehammer uh-huh. it would just move in that direction. Amazing. And boy how he does it. In the book his foot she cuts his foot off. I heard that's that's horrifying in its own way but this is such a visceral like that's such a thing that I can't even imagine. Whereas, like, I can yeah. imagine my foot, my ankle swinging like that. Yeah. It's, like, so much more visceral, you know? It's so specific. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel that. I kind of like with um, the uh, recent Suspiria where, you know, her getting, like, morphed and Contorted, twisted like a pretzel was I'm like, gross. wow, that's crazy, but I can't picture that. <laughs> but what's her face breaking her, like, leg made yeah. me fucking scream. Her bone shooting out of her leg yeah. was what made my audience go, ugh! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, and also the idea that she's, like, uh, it just made it creepier because she wanted to also keep him so she could continue kind of... You're kind of you're saying uh, the uh, Munchausen by proxy could also right. come into play here. Uh, the longer he's sick, the longer he can stay there um, and be under her care and she can control him and, you know, uh, put lipstick on him while he's sleeping. Right. And she can and he can write for her. Yep. Because Which, he start, he has her... She has him write another misery novel where she brings... He brings her back to life. Right. The character of misery, which ends up being what, you know... He burns it in the end to distract her, and then... Which, can you imagine writing an entire book and be like, nah, bitch. Surprise, motherfucker! I know, I would have just made... And, like, he had to make it good because she kept reading it, so he couldn't yeah. even just write, like, mean things. No, exactly. Her. He couldn't just write, like, fuck, 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 over and over again, like he does that one time. Fun. But also, it's it's so funny because at the beginning of the movie, when she forced him to burn that one script, you're like, oh, don't do it, don't do it! Yeah. But then you're like, burn that motherfucker, yeah. burn yes. it, burn it, yes. who cares? Burn it, burn That That moment is great. I did crack my neck three times just now. Uh, nice. She was he, moving around a lot. <laughs> I did like that moment at the end because finally a fucking plan of his went through correctly because he, he comes in. No, she comes in and he's like, oh, no, no, we need another glass for my toast that uh-huh. for the Don Perignon. And when she walks out and he gets, he takes the kerosene and he's lighting it in between the papers and he's getting his like starter kindling, paper yeah. and it's kind of like, yeah. And it was just like. It was just so satisfying that finally something fucking worked. And it did work out well because I thought something was going to go wrong. Yeah, Because Um, there was one scene earlier where he has been saving up pills uh, for, I assume, like a week. And storing the powder inside in a piece of paper and storing it in his pants. And they have a nice dinner together by his suggestion. Yeah, he's being so sneaky. He's uh, being so good. He puts it in the wine glass and she goes to pick it up and knocks the wine glass over. It's a complete accident. It's not intentional at all for her. And it's just, like, a week of planning. It just, oof. But I would have been like, all right, listen, then we gotta do it again. Then you get another dinner out of this. True. More wine. More wine for me, honey. They, uh, Stephen King is really good at setting up something that you think is gonna succeed and then yanking the rug out from under you. He, like, makes you think there's a chance of rescue or success and then just flipping it. And it makes the payoff in the end when it finally does succeed even better. Like with the sheriff. Sheriff coming through Exactly. As well. mm-hmm. And even like in The Shining so when like so many people, so many moments of like you almost got away. Yeah. You know, like climbing out the window but Shelley Duvall gets stuck. Yeah, or like hollering. Or once his face in. shows up. Exactly. Yeah. He's just really good at that. You know, he knows exactly what yeah. readers want to 
have happen and then not delivering it and mm-hmm. like doing that over and over again until he finally gets there in the end. Catharsis, if he gets there at all. Just wait, bitch. Think about it? Heard of it? <gasps> Don't know her. Never heard of her. Won't give it to you, baby, unless uh-uh. you work uh-uh. for it. Uh, they keep calling her the dragon. When we uh, when he's looking through the articles, they keep right. calling, referring to her as the dragon lady, which yeah. that was random. Also, that is <laughs> a um, has become a name for a stereotype of a certain trope of character associated with Asian women. Oh. It, back in like the 30s, um, it started, I think, in movies. Oh. A dragon lady was like a mysterious or aloof Asian woman. <laughs> it was a very limiting, like, exactly. It was like one of those oh things God. where it was like, you can either be a dragon lady or you can be like, you know virginal Guys, and that's all you can do racism is <laughs> so, over in this country yeah totally so seeing dragon lady was a little bit like it's a strange thing to call so kathy bates's character like, it's nothing to do with like unless she was like dragon poison which doesn't exist i don't know to kill these people <laughs> wait doesn't exist yeah i do another thing i do want to bring up that's funny when she he's he is writing the book he's writing uh, misery 2.0 mm-hmm. and she comes in with her notes and she's like oh i love or whatever it is she just mentions that she's grateful that he named the grave digger after her yeah <laughs> i think it was <laughs> grave like, digger wilkes yeah we have grave digger wilkes no first name no you know she's like keep that but change everything else <laughs> yeah it's iconic and hilarious and i love that that's what he gives her oh <laughs> He um, gouges her eyes at the end, and they start bleeding. And I just want to say, eyes don't bleed like that when you gouge them out. And I would know because I've done it before. <laughs> Isabella doesn't text me and be like, "Is that real shit?" Because I did not like it. No, they don't bleed. They just um, they don't. In my experience, when I had to fight off somebody by gouging their eyes with my thumbs, they don't bleed down. They bleed like internally. <laughs> like I'm, the eyes were very red afterwards. I will say, and that's all I'll say about that. No, I'm, I'm anyway. glad you're here. <laughs> no, fucking work. Do it. Stick eyes, stick thumbs and eyes. Please stick thumbs and eyes. Plus um, DNA, baby. Get under your nails. I cannot stress enough with people when I talk to them and I, I bring up true crime stuff because I have a fascination, but I'm also I like to learn from it. Mm. I'm not like fingering myself over Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, <laughs> I, thank you. I, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like good. Let's take this and use this as humans and society to learn from it and be aware of what monsters can fucking survive anyway. Leave your DNA everywhere yes. on everybody. I always say, I don't it. be afraid that any things are going to happen all the time. Right. But be aware that it could. It could. Don't it's leave your life just, in fear, but be prepared. There's a lot of people on this planet right now. Statistically, bad shit can happen. Yeah. So just, I don't know, touch a lot of trees and touch faces. And, like, tell your author, your uh, agent, that you're going to drive down the road. And, That's like, send your manuscript about. to New York. Yeah, yeah, just send, like, that text to your agent <laughs> being like, hey, bitch, just Well, back then a text tell. was something you, like, attached to a pigeon and, like, like good luck. <laughs> a text was letter, uh, pen on paper. Letter? Letter, letter. <laughs> didn't even know her. Are you surprised at all that our good friend Ann Wilkes is pro-Nixon? No, it made me laugh though. Uh, but, like, because uh, we didn't need to include the fact that she's a fucking Republican, yeah, but like, not sure. But not surprising. <laughs> right, in her scrapbook. Because not even like Reagan, like a president that, like, sure. But it was like Nixon, like a president that, like, <laughs> is widely derided and seen as, like, one of the worst. Right. And, like, this isn't, like, a recent. No, it, just... it was, like, 30 years later. It's insane. <laughs> insane to Yeah, me. there's a little Reagan sticker in her um, memory lane book with it's all the so dead babies funny. and her misery pig. It's so... She's insane. What do you think the reasoning was that that they used the song I'll Be Seeing You? I don't have an idea, but I'm just curious if you noticed it. I don't know. Beautiful song. I'll Be Seeing You. Yeah, they listened... She listened to the Liberace Uh version, and I was like, why would you listen to any version that's not the Billie Holiday version? Am I right? (laughs) Come on! That's me being an elitist asshole, but still. But also, perhaps it just... Again, it's just her her, her, Liberace. Yeah, and her complete lack of... 
familiarity with how humans interact with each other. Yeah, I don't know why they play the song. I think it's just, um, it, it's a song that if you listen to the lyrics and you apply, like, a stalker mentality to it, it could be a little spooky. Fun. I'll be seeing you, bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because all the, the old end, familiar places. Yeah, because at the right. end he's like, I always see this bitch everywhere. That's true. And That's true, because even he will, she will be... He'll be seeing her whether she's there or not. I'll be looking at the moon. I'll be looking at the cake. Oh my god, imagine her face was in the cake. And he's like, ah! <laughs> when the cake is your eye like a Kathy Bates pie. <laughs> That's a misery. <laughs> I'm leaving. I quit. I'm done. Wait. Okay. Yeah. Two moments. Uh, at one point when she's in her up mood. Uh-huh. I was like, I get it. Her mood swings. I was like, I feel them. I get them. Sure. Uh, but when she's in her like up mood and she blows him a kiss on the way out of the bedroom. <laughs> and he catches it. <laughs> it's out of control. And then later. It's out of control. When, it is out of control. <laughs> I think it's the, the night when she breaks his feet. Afterwards, she literally seems to like have a, a physical release. Mm-hmm. And then when he's like wailing in pain, she just goes, God, I love you. Oh yeah, the camera, the camera flies Ooh. up and pushes up like under her chin almost. And again, yeah. like a Jack Lantern, she goes, God, I love you. And she's like, he's writhing in pain. But it's it's the most in control she ever is in that movie because she has completely debilitated his ability to go anywhere. And it's her just complete assumption of that, like in her mind, caring role. Because now she is he is all hers. Like, oh, I love you. You are all mine. Oh, it's so good. Uh, She's so good in this movie. Also, um, Annie Wilkes knows about global warming, and she does. She says global warming, and I was like, I didn't even know that was a. of common phrase in 1990. Yeah, because she, what was it? She's like, the, the winters keep getting shorter and shorter. People saying it's global warming, something about the ozone layer. Yeah. She's well, like, the ozone layer know. I knew was a thing, back, like a big talking point back then. Well, right. like, I didn't know Still. global warming was all this. But it's like, funny bitch, you pro Nixon. Well, the good news is we yeah. solved global warming since then, so the climate's fine. What happened? It's, it's solved? Yeah, it's done. We're good. Right. So then, um... <laughs> she just, her eyes flew out of her head. <laughs> <laughs> and never came back. Um, also, I did, I did. <laughs> she's smart enough to cover her own tracks when the sheriff does show up. And he's, he hasn't even asked her anything yet. Yes. She's like, oh, you know, it's so crazy. Like, I heard about this accident that Paul Sheldon crashed. And then I just felt the need to buy a typewriter and buy paper. She said, I and prayed, and the Lord myself. said, you need to pick up his whatever and, like, fill the role. You need to start writing, and so I did. Isn't that crazy? And it was just, oh, I see you trying to be smart. Intentional or not, though, it is smart of her to, like, play doting and, like, yeah. annoyingly, like, mm-hmm. cheery and hosty. You know, she offers, so like, hot cocoa and yeah. stuff. So that he'll be like, okay, I don't want to stick around here. Which, like, fair, it would work on me. I would not want to be there. She also and probably poisoned go. it. That's what I thought, too. Yeah, she probably put a little... Um, yeah. A little bit of Listerine. Although, that would maybe then bring attention to it. Listerine. Oh. It would probably bring attention if she tried, if she poisoned the sheriff. Right, but he, I think she also would be smart enough to think, like, if he's coming around, and he was already upstairs at that point. Like, he was already looking. Like, he was looking for something. You know what I mean? So, she probably, from, like, once he walked in, realized that... If he's coming all the way out here to see me, he knows something. There's up. something up, right? And he's gonna find something's up because, uh, you know. You know he's in the secret books. basement. Secret basement. Shake that grill. Shake that grill. Shake that. Shake that. Louder, grill. Paul. Shake that grill like you're trapped in someone's basement and your legs are broken help and your health is me. You've been hobbled. Right. That's that great Outcast song. Hey, ya. Uh, that center. That middle part. 
Right, it's called, hey, uh, parentheses, I'm trapped in somebody's <laughs> basement and my legs are broken, and parentheses. Because it's not shaking like a Polaroid picture, it's no, shaking it's like, like, like a grill, <laughs> trapped, and that's, that's what I was going to Shake it like a basement grill. Shake it like a basement grill when you're trapped in someone's basement and you're holding hey, against your wall and you have a book yeah. down. <laughs> hey, yeah. A single tear rolling like down your cheek. <laughs> oh, my favorite line, not my favorite line, but when... After, <laughs> okay, when they're finally fighting and he set the the new manuscript on fire yes. the second time, the, the, the new one, the finale, <laughs> the last hurrah, and he it's burning and he shoves it in her mouth and he's and he says, oh. <laughs> uh, "Eat it till you choke, you sick twisted fuck." And I thought that was funny because I feel like that's what the people at Cheesies think when they deliver my two masks <laughs> to me. When you go to the grilled cheese restaurant at two a.m. <laughs> yeah. When I get it delivered, I'm like, "Here are these two sandwiches for me and my friend, but they're both for me." And you do they the thing where you open the door and you're like, "Guys, food's here." Oh, it's okay, guys. I got it. <laughs> the dog trots up. <laughs> it's just me. Now, baby, don't move around me, but she likes typewriters. And her name is Annie Wilkes. Annie Wilkes. So that was misery. It's not available. Oh, honey, but was it? A fun time. Oh, misery? More like... Joy, yes. Pleasurous. I'm in the business of misery. Let's take it from the top. What's that? Uh, misery Business by Paramore. Anyway, there's been Halloweeners. Did, did you not? <laughs> Horror movie podcast. Hello? I'm oh, sorry, I don't know her. She's furious. Oh my, well, we're going to have to talk about this. Follow yeah. us on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> at Halloweeners Pod. Uh-huh. You can follow me on Instagram at Hey Kira Hey. You can follow me at Cody Monster 91 um, Give us a rating. Give us a five star reveal. Yeah, I was going to say five Tell stars. your friends. Tell your mom. Um, oh, follow me on Next Best Picture. I'm writing Oscar stuff on there and on their podcast. Yes. And Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. Follow at Pray Pompeii. He does our music. Yeah, follow Leah Patterson at A Tender Witch. On, uh, you know, platforms. Mm-hmm. She did our lovely artwork, and she's a very talented artiste. Yes! So, um, you tell us if it was named after the, um, the character or the pig. It's named after, uh, the feeling I get when I've finished the two cheesies, mac and cheese, yes. cheese sandwiches. Misery. Misery. Bye. Misery! All alone in the typewriter! Oh, 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 oh.